Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Whitewash. You have to understand something. I'm not a bad guy. Blackburn, you say? Well, that name rings familiar. Let me thank you for everything. Would you mind if I crash here again tonight? Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Well, I wouldn't consider myself to be a close friend, no. What are you doing? Look at us. Look at us. Beginning of the end. I didn't do anything wrong. Those things are freaky. How much do they sell for? My wife made them. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Peter Kinnett from IndieWire, and tonight's guests, Thomas Hayden Church and Emmanuel Haas de Marnay. So welcome, you guys. Thank you. You guys just saw the trailer for, for Whitewash, which premiered at Tribeca last night. Um, so, I mean, maybe to start things off, the two of you could each sort of offer your own, you know, uh, synopsis of the film. Aha. Uh -huh. um, do you want to start? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um, Whitewash is the story of uh, a, uh, an individual who uh, one night um, in a vicious uh, snowstorm in uh, northern Quebec, rural Quebec, uh, runs over another man with a snowplow. And uh, out of sheer panic, um, this man just steers into the forest and takes off and drives all night and just hides in the forest and uh, ends up spending a lot of time there um, trying to find <clears throat> a place to, to hide and trying to make peace with what happened, basically. And he um, basically starts uh, losing it a bit. I guess that's, uh, that's my way of seeing things. What about you? It's just a very personal journey for a guy that's completely isolated um, 
and emotionally cut off from the society, the little community that he already exists in. And he meets this guy and tries to help him. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> the devil's in the details of uh, all the things that could go tragically wrong whenever you try to help somebody. And this is your first feature film? Yes, it is. Uh, you did some from work uh, in advertising, some short films before this? Yes, I have. So, I mean, maybe talk about uh, your lead up as a, as a filmmaker, sort of how, how it came to be and, and why this project for your first feature. Well, um, <clears throat> I started off uh, uh, from a young age. I knew I wanted to work um, as a filmmaker. And then um, I just didn't know if I was going to make it from in front of the camera or behind the camera. So I started decided, okay, I'm going to be an actor. And then I tried to act for a while, and then I, try, and then I, I actually did some editing, where I would uh, start editing some commercials. And then I quickly uh, began to direct uh, television commercials in Canada and um, short films. And meanwhile, we have a great, fantastic system in Canada, uh, which is a very commie system as well, where we all have, uh, we all lined up in front of our uh, film institutions and, and, and ask them for money. So we've, you know, there are like 30, 40 great filmmakers who every, every year who show up um, to the uh, film boards and ask for money, grants for making films. And they, you know, they produce a few films a year. And so um, basically the, our rule is best script wins, right? So that's, that's how it kind of works. And so we just have to, so for a long time, my great and longtime friend, uh, Mark Tulay, who co-wrote Whitewash, um, and I sat down and we started two film projects where we just spent a lot of time together where we would write stories. And uh, one day we approached these great producers, uh, Microscope, with uh, Whitewash. They loved the script and um, they uh, decided to back us up. And uh, with them, we went to get funding from Telefilm um, and Sodec in Quebec. That's the story. And, and Thomas, uh, how, did, how did you get involved in, and why, or not why, but this is probably your first time working sort of in the commie system north of the border. What was, what was that like for you? I embraced all communists. Uh, I promoted Spider-Man 3 in Russia, and <laughs> they greeted me warmly, where the, the women are beautiful and the men are sturdy. Uh, it... Uh, it just, it was sent to me and I read it and I called Manny and we talked for three hours and realized that we, we shared a vision of, of the isolation and the, the, the sort of soulless desolation that the character was experiencing and how he tries to, you know, get out of that by helping someone else. It's really, and then it, you know, I'm not spoiling anything, it sort of, turns into the most misguided, humane effort, you know, in, in, in history. And, but it, it, I, that's how I just set the script and, huh? History. History. Um, maybe the Exxon Valdez surpasses that, but uh, no, it, 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 we just talked and we realized that uh, we could, you know, that maybe it was gonna work out, that I was gonna be the guy that, uh, that Manny, you know, sort of envisioned. So we have three clips, so maybe we'll start with one now, um, if you want to okay. set it up. Um, this is a winter film. I, oh, you kind of saw the trailer, so that kind of gives you an idea. Um, this first film, uh, this first clip is, is actually just um, the character of Bruce, played by Thomas, who is trekking back 
to um, the machine uh, that he that which kind of becomes his home. So um, it it'll just show you how hard it was for this guy to walk through snow. That's basically what this clip will show you. You got to see our, our Canadian money, which you call the Monopoly money. So that's one thing you got to see. Um, no, but that's also the, uh, a moment where <clears throat> uh, Bruce pulls out the wallet of the man he just killed and starts to reconstruct the past in his head from that moment on. So, yeah. I mean, and one thing I, I sort of you know, gathered from watching, the shoot looks very, very cold. Um, how, so what, how long did it take, and was it very, you know, sort of isolated in the winter and as cold as it looked on screen for... for yes. <laughs> that scene was actually after spent, we shot, it, it comes story-wise right on the heels of once he finds himself lost in the wilderness, he treks out for an entire day and then realizes how pointless it is and turns around and starts back and it just was in this incredible... The, the real conditions were, I would say politely blizzard-like, but then we had these fans that were employed to blow frozen cornstarch in my face, uh, mixed with ice, and uh, that was the only, the scene right before that, it was the only scene I, I got a little touch of frostbite on my cheek, um, which uh, vainly they covered with makeup until they decided to expose it to the camera, but uh, yeah, the conditions were, were pretty stark and, and hostile at times. But everybody went through it with me, the crew, everybody. You New Yorkers are used to cold, so you, <clears throat> you, uh, <clears throat> you know what we can feel in, in the deep winter. But Monsieur here is from Texas. So, um, South Texas. <laughs> so he was not used to, uh, to our winters. And... Um, and right, so you keep telling the story much better than, than I can, but uh, at, uh, every time I would speak to him on the phone in, in the month coming up to the shoot, I was like, 
Thomas, I'll, I'll take a French accent just so it's funnier. Thomas, you must dress up well. <laughs> when he imitates me, I talk like this. Um, Thomas, you must dress up huh, because it's cold in Canada. Sometimes he would just text me, it's cold here. Your blood's too thin, you're Texan. And uh, so, th so the film had its first screening last night, and I'm assuming you were both there. Like, what was that like to, to watch it on the big screen? Beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, um, it was a great experience. I, I said it last night, it was very touching. Uh, um, as a kid growing up to um, wanting to make films, I, I, and I could never have imagined that uh, the first screening, the first public screening to the first film I ever worked on is shown in you know, the greatest city in the world. And that was like a, a great honor. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a film that we wanted to give, we wanted to give the film a, a Western scope and feel. And, and so it's a, it's a film for the big screen. So it's... Well, maybe we'll watch one more clip. So uh, we have two more. So um, you want to set up the second one? Second one is with uh, Paul. I want you to talk about it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's one of the initial scenes whenever Paul and I are starting to get to know each other a little bit. Yeah. Paul's a strange and shady character. Those things are freaky. My wife made him. No shit. The eyes, not the dolls. No shit. You mean like a hobby? No, no. She did it for a living. Pretty good pay. No shit. Hmm. So where's the wife? You divorced? Cancer. Oh, my condolences. Was she Mexican? No. Why? Mexicans love crafts. Have you ever been to Mexico? Do you get that? No. Mexico. Mexico. <sighs> There's three states on the uh, Yucatan Peninsula. Yucatan, Campeche, and Quintana Roo. Quintana Roo. Can I? Sure. Mexico. So with the exception of, of Paul and a few other you know, minor characters, it's very much a one-man show for you, this film, um, and, and a pretty intense role. Um, Thank so, you. So what was that? So how did, where, did you, um, where did you get Bruce from? Like, where did that come from? Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, every um, character exists inside of your soul, I believe, and, which is why whenever you read a script, they initially appeal to you. And it was just, it presented a real challenge emotionally, to sort of dissect and then reconstruct what that Spartan existence 
emotionally and physically would render me to be. And, and I, uh, I only saw it as, as that, as just a challenge and an opportunity to do something that I hadn't done before. And, um, and, and you know, it, it's sort of how an audience responds or critics or journalists or, you know, it was a very intimate thing for me. And, and you know, I mean, obviously from Mark to Lynn and, 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 and Manny's script, but it, it, you know, it came on the heels of, you know, some events in my personal life, and I just thought, this is a, this is a very cathartic journey, to just get out in these, in the, in that hostile environment, but in sort of explore, and uh, a bit of an inner, sort of hostility and and, and sadness and tragedy. Well, it worked really, well in the end. So congratulations. And for you, um, so this is your, f your first film, it's done, now it's out in the world. Um, maybe if there's any some first-time filmmakers or, or up-and-coming filmmakers in the audience, some advice that you might have for people trying to do what you just accomplished? Um, well, <clears throat> I just, I, I can only repeat a cliche, which is everything is in, is in the script. So um, I, I think the, the one thing I did learn, and I, I it's it's easy to say, but it's impossible to um, to accomplish. Is to be very patient as you're writing. Um, it's it's the kind of stuff the producers will teach you, and 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 everyone will will try to teach you. But you have to keep writing to a point where um, <clears throat> you know it's perfect. Because once you start filming, um, you have no time to uh, to readjust, and 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 all. so that that was the 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 one thing that made. <clears throat> us be able to make it all the way through and, and attract um, a great actor like Thomas was just because um, we had worked on the script. And so we kept it simple. So I guess first film, just keep it simple and um, just make sure that the story is solid and every scene, every piece of every scene is solid and, and yeah. Well, uh, before we go to another clip and then open it up to questions from the audience, uh, maybe each of you could talk about what projects uh, you have coming up next. Or what do you, you hope to do after, after this, or have already done? I just finished a movie with Tony Collette and uh, Oliver Platt and, and Nina Arianda and, and Jonathan Depp uh, called Lucky Them. We just finished shooting about a month ago. And, and uh, it's a kind of a romantic, dramatic comedy road movie. Uh, uh, but uh, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward are were sort of the mentors of the project, and and uh, so I, you know excited about that. It'll be out this fall, and you know a few other things looking at maybe do this summer. I'm writing another film. <clears throat> I'm also writing a film. I'm not okay. Good film. <laughs> Uh, so, do you guys want to set up the, the last clip and then we'll go to the audience questions? They want to hear you talk. What leads up to it, though? I don't remember what leads up to it. Just talk about the whole... <laughs> this is where... Uh, I mean, I'm going to throw out as many cliches as I can. The rubber hits the road and a wheel goes into the sand and then the train goes off the rails... Yeah, this is where the, the he starts chicken starts to eat its own gizzards. 
Not a popular cliche, that last one. Uh, a bit colloquial, Southern in nature. Why did you do that? Peekaboo, I see you, fucker. <laughs> As you can tell, that clip is very hard to describe. <laughs> I um, challenge anyone to build a snow cave with a broken ankle. I'm just saying. It's, uh, it's hard. So do we have questions um, in the audience? Throw them out there. Get Hi, them out there. for Thomas. How did you develop the, the voice for the Verminator and over the hedge? <laughs> People don't, probably don't even know that movie. Um, I don't know. I just did it. It just came out of me, and they liked it, and and uh, DreamWorks thought it was a funny idea. So do it, do it. Thank you, though. I don't. I can't even really remember what he. sounded. that was a while back. We did that like seven years ago. I can't remember what he sounded like, but thank you. Thank did you he sound much. like this? Voice of the Verminator. Uh, this question is for Mr. Church. I've enjoyed your work for a long time now. And I just want to know, you said this was a challenge for you. Is there a process that you go through to prepare for a project like this? And also, you've done television work, you've done film work, and I'm sure you've probably done stage work. Is there a creative outlet that you prefer? Thank you. Um, I prefer film. I, I haven't done theater in a good while, and I... Quite frankly, I haven't, other than Broken Trail, which was a miniseries I did uh, that came out in 06, I haven't done much television work in ye, six, 15 or 16 years. Um, so I prefer movies, I do. Uh, writing them, producing them, uh, being in them, walk, stumbling around in them, trying to uh, <laughs> seem authentic. Uh, but uh, no, the, my process... I, I lead a pretty isolated life in Texas. I live on a ranch about 100 miles from San Antonio, and, and uh, I, my closest neighbor is about 10 miles away, so it's just me and the cows and the cats and the coyotes and the cockroaches and the scorpions and the centipedes, the doodlebugs, the dung beetles. You no, but I, I My process, yeah, I, you know, everybody does. I just try to... Once I get it, the, the script, I know the guy, I know what I want to do, collaborate with the uh, filmmaker, and and then just start going over it. Going, I mean, Manny knows, even when I talk to him on the phone, I never stop. I mean, weekends for me, I'm just waiting to work. As soon as we wrap on Friday, I'm just waiting to hit the start the start starting line on, on Monday morning. So it's all, even sleeping, it's all downtime. 
I'm just I'm constantly going through it and going through it, and I just I just want to get it I want to get it done. He really prepares and works really hard and asks a lot of questions. And no, no, he and he's really dedicated. So you say coyotes? Good. I'm French. Coyote. Coyote. Coyotes, no. I would, I, I would, but I'm also Canadian. So. Oh, you're all Canadian. So the character seems the the situation seems to be loaded with a lot of moral ambiguity, and so that seems to be a, a great way to sort of figure out how to define the character, good, bad. Have you found yourself in situations where you had to decide which way you could go to be good, bad, or otherwise? And how did you apply that to this character? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm faced with that many morally ambiguous choices. Um, and I think that I tend to be a pretty decisive individual. I, I don't know that ambiguity is, is one of my suits. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody, you, you find yourself at little crossroads in business, uh, you know, trying to teach my daughters exactly what the right choice is when they may not understand what the wrong choice is. So, yeah, I would say I, I try to go, but, I mean, go, to, go to, to the correct or the right or the hopeful or the life-affirming. But with, with Bruce, uh, somebody made a comment last night that he was engaged in a passive suicide and that, ironically, he tries to save someone that's engaged in the act of uh, 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 aggressive suicide, so which I thought was a very interesting observation, and and I've been thinking about that today. I thought that was very precise, and so I think that's really more it. Uh, it's a guy. I said in an interview yesterday, he's a guy that's waiting to not be alive, and then meets Paul and tries to be Paul's salvation. Does that answer your question? Good, thank you. You have a thoughtful brow. Being a, an actor for you, Thomas, being an actor is to imagine a chapter. Like, uh, for example, if uh, you as an as, as a actor, you can you imagine your chapter for the film, like this movie? Did I imagine the character? Um, I mean, he didn't completely come out of my imagination because it was, you know, a character that was created in a script, but... Yeah, I think absolutely. You read it, but as even every character that I read, regardless, man, woman, dog, child, old grandpa, uh, you know, I always imagine a voice, and it's always going to be out of my experience, and or something quite, you know. I mean, I love cinema and or and literature, and I always, but I do, I always attach something. I try not to attach actors to roles. I just try to imagine you know, whatever amalgams of, of my existence and, you know, it might be part my granddad or, you know, a high school football coach that, you know, that I, that I, I, I thought was a good uh, character builder or something, you know. I hope that answers your question. I like the way you say character. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I enjoyed your work and um, did you enjoy making this film? Yeah, it was a great experience. It really... <laughs> yeah, it was a great experience. Although there were moments, uh, we shot at a lake that was northwest of Montreal, and one morning I got up and it was 26 below. And that was definitely one of those days of 
I wished I was a school teacher in balmy southern Florida. <laughs> this is for Emmanuel. Um, as a filmmaker, where does your ideas come from in your writing? Like, what's your focus point? Hmm. Good question. Um, <clears throat> I was at, I was, um, a lot of people will say they'll write about things they know or they'll write about themselves. And, and I, I've, I've, it's never been like that with me. It's um, once in a while, there's just this one crazy flash that just enters my head. And, and then it's just uh, like the idea of a man getting hit, killed by a snowplow and then escaping and spending the whole winter hiding in his snowplow. I just, that, that idea, when it just came into my head, I was like, okay, that... I think I can have fun with. So it's, it's, um, it's just, and I've had like very, it, this has happened to me very few times where I just have this one flash where I can imagine this can be stretched on for an hour and a half and be, or two hours and, and, and be interesting. Um, and then <clears throat> I collaborate with, again, like I, I mentioned earlier, my long-term friend uh, who, uh, he was working here actually uh, at uh, the United Nations, and he was back in the days. He was writing uh, speeches for Kofi Annan, and and he, you know, he was he was um, <clears throat> wasn't going into writing for film at all. And I I called him up, and and I said, I know you're you know you're wanting to do some creative writing. Come on, just just come with me and come back home and and, and let's write. And so I I, I found that writing partner um, because I also need that collaborative. <clears throat> um, back and forth and, and, and sharing. So with, with my great friend, I can do that. We could, and, and he's really good at writing dialogue and writing. So, so that's, that's the process that I needed, was uh, someone to bounce back and forth with and, and be able to share. So, um, yeah. Hi, this is for Mr. Church. In your various role, you seem to portray kind of lightly goofy, nonchalant, devil may care kind of attitude, which is, you know, which I find charming. Is that pretty much your essence, your style? No. No, yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, I would say I'm pretty easygoing. Um, I'm a... I'm pretty hard on myself when I'm alone. I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist because I'm a rancher and, and we have an operation in Texas that you, know, you work with dangerous animals and it's sort of, it, the rigors can be very precise. And, and, but now when I'm, I, I try to be, I mean, I try to be professional when I'm making movies and being on time and, and uh, doing the, the script exactly like it's written. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I think I am. I think I'm pretty easy going. But Thank you, he, though. He That's is flattering. He is a goofy in a good way, though. So, um, but I. So maybe remind the audience uh, it's screening a couple more times here, right? It is screening tomorrow, tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hey. 1 yeah, o'clock. You may Correct. want to check, though, because <clears> I, yep. I think it might be already sold. It's out. been confirmed. It and it is screening be. next weekend, 27th. Seven o'clock. Thank you. Seven o'clock. But thank you so much for both of you for being here. Thank you, Peter. Thank, thank you guys for coming. So much. Yeah, thank you. Guys, join me in thanking our panel again for being here. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for being a great audience. <laughs>